Which Japanese guitar virtuoso picked up one of his many novelty guitars and wrote an hour-long epic dedicated to a children's book about goblins? Find out next on $1 Vinyl. Welcome to $1 Vinyl. Welcome back. This is the podcast where we find the cheapest secondhand records we can and we do our very best to give them a fair and honest review. My name is Tess and sitting next to me, uh, as she does every week, is my co-host Kat. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. What's been... Uh, I, I say that every time. I go, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> um, I do, do you ever have any other answer when someone asks you how you're going? Do you ever say anything other than you could thanks? Oh no, because that's like that's the social norm. That's what you can do. Yeah, to do. I actually I actually teach social skills as part of my job. Yeah, and like sometimes with like people with autism, I have to teach them like the greeting script, mm-hmm. and so it's just always like, "Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Cat. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you?" <laughs> and and that's just like a literal yeah. script, and people have we... to learn it sometimes. Yeah, that's well, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I I wish someone had taught me how to do that before I went to school briefly in America. When I was thirteen, mm-hmm. I went to school in Hawaii. I didn't know how to answer the question "What's up?" <laughs> because... You just you literally like looked up every time. No, I just <laughs> it was like I first of all just everyone there was just so much cooler than me. And they probably weren't. I just felt that way. Yeah. And, you know, because it was like an American school, been what I've been watching on TV uh-huh. my whole life. Yeah, I get that. Um, And we didn't even wear uniforms. What? And there was like proper, you know, like cliques. Like, you know, in the American high school movies, how they walk around, they're like, that's the stoners. Those are the that's nerdy the crew. jocks. That's yeah. the whatever. And like, <laughs> we didn't have that in our school in Australia. We had... The kids that played handball. <laughs> the kids that the watched kids that the kids play handball. Sat near the kids that played handball. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone dressed the same. But, um, yeah, I, these kids were just, they just felt like older and cooler. And they hung out at a pool hall. They were in year eight. Anyway, and every day that someone would come up to me and go, hey, what's up? So what is the correct answer? I don't know, but I always just said, <laughs> good, thanks. <laughs> The correct answer, as I learned after a few weeks of observing, um, is to say, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. Which is like what... It's like... It's pretty much what we do when yeah. we see each other. We go, how are you going? Yeah. How are you going? Yeah, Like sure. that's, mm. you know, kind of the same thing. I had a New Zealand, uh, like, roommate for a little while and um, she was really, like, baffled by the way that we ask each other, like, how are you? And then, yeah. and then sometimes, you know you don't expect an answer. No, no, no. Yeah, sometimes people just, like, walk off. Like, there's, yeah. there's zero expectation yeah. of an answer. That's what you would say as you are passing someone on your morning walk in the street. You're passing each other. Yeah. There's only one opportunity to say one thing and you go, hey, gun. Yep, that's, that's right. It. Yeah, you don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. No. What, yeah. And a stranger, you certainly, if someone yeah. gave you an answer, it would be a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you, you might, like, try to, like, stop walking yeah. and, like... But yeah. if you really want to know, you go, how are you? Yes, that's so, right. So, Kat... Inflection. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we went down that little road. <laughs> What's going on in your, um, like, musical world? What's playing through your headphones at the moment? Um, well, I'm listening to a lot of Kate Bush, who I'm, like, discovering far too late. Yeah. You and- know what? I think a lot of people are discovering discovering her at the moment. I oh, feel like she's moment? been having a bit of a resurgence. Oh, yeah. I, she's I wasn't aware of that. She's been on a few 
um, like TV show soundtracks that has I've noticed really? lately. And she, the Double J, which I listen to a yeah. lot, which is um, an Australian radio station aimed at not really like youth, people in their thirties. Yeah. yeah, they've oh, been playing play- that song "Cloud Busting." Oh yeah, so Man, much. That is my jam. But it is so good. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I, I had no idea that anyone else was doing this. I swear I came about it very independently. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> You're no sheep. <laughs> um, but I so as a result, I've been like trying to find some records of hers, and mm. I like I really like Hounds of Love, mm. and um, I went to a record store today. And was just like leisurely flicking through like all of the the used records, and I got to like the last of five like rows, mm. and this guy just like started the first row, and he flicked through at such a speed that I started getting anxious because <laughs> he was just like flip, 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 oh finish, finish, and he's like getting closer and closer to me at the very end. Oh, and you're not ready, and I'm not ready. Stick to guns. Yeah, but I don't have that kind of confidence. (laughs) (laughs) This guy has come to this store knowing what he's looking for. And also, like, I don't like standing, like, directly next to people. So I just walked away. Should have just turned to him and just gone, I'm a slow reader. (laughs) (laughs) Give me time, please. (laughs) I was going to say also, um, so I went to a karaoke night ages ago with some of Ed's colleagues and this couple, they, they worked together. And I guess quite often did karaoke um, work nights together oh, because they had a karaoke routine. Apparently they did it every time <laughs> and they sung Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights. <laughs> oh, that's far too high for it's a male very, register. very, very high, yes. So um, the female um, would do the the verses mm-hmm. and it, it, yeah, it starts off high as that, yeah. you know, that real, ah! Kate, is that you? And it gets <laughs> she just ran through here briefly and she's gone now. <laughs> she said, Hey Gallon, and then she just left. <laughs> um and then it you know it builds and builds and builds up to that chorus. Yeah. And then she'd pass the microphone over to her husband, who was this huge guy. Like he was like, you know, some people are just big, he's like tall, yeah, broad. broad. Yeah. yeah. And he'd pick up the microphone and you'd be expecting, you know, the chorus and he would just belt it out in the lowest baritone. That's <laughs> me, yeah, I got there. It. it was quite the party trick. I was like sitting in my seat just like clapping. <laughs> I don't think I've ever clapped at karaoke. <laughs> very oh, good. what a treat. I want to meet them. Yeah. Uh, well, the record that um, we have today is uh, terrible for karaoke. Yeah, not a good karaoke record, um, but a record that I'm very excited to talk about. Yeah, me too. Should we launch in? Yeah, let's do it. So what did you bring for us? So it is called The Rainbow Goblins uh, by Masayoshi Takanaka. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, uh, Japanese. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that... Um pronunciation was very carefully Ad- and well done adequate <laughs> yeah. just barely adequate which is what i'm always that aiming is the for the standard we are always aiming for here at one dollar vinyl <laughs> and uh where did you get this japanese record cat um i got it from tokyo um hey that's in japan <laughs> it is uh it, it was a place called akuru Ak- no akaru records oh, i don't know the vowels of japan but anyway a-k-a-r-u records this store was phenomenal like i walked away with literally 20 records Mm. and 
I was like so impressed by it was just a small store, but if anyone goes to Tokyo, you know, after COVID, mm. um, like try and check this place out because I loved it. Oh, what a dream! It really thing was. to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, to travel. Mm. Yeah, I know. So you you have actually, I should say, not been doing any like sneaky illegal. No, no. This travel. was a long time. This was several been years sitting ago. Sitting on this for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was from twenty nineteen, eighteen. Oh, I don't know. What is time? I don't know. <laughs> it's meaningless. <laughs> How much did you pay for this record? Uh, it was 300 yen. It was actually in like the, the cheap bin out the front, um, which 300 yen is equivalent to about $3.50 or thereabouts uh, in Australian dollars. That's really cheap. Mm-hmm. And um, how much do you think it is worth? Uh, according to Discogs, uh, averages around $15. But like really good condition ones can go for more than that. Mm. Yeah. So you came away with quite yeah, the bargain. I think so. And can we listen to this record online? Um, I found there's nothing on Spotify, but I found one like complete uh, playthrough on YouTube. Yes. And I would recommend just finding it. Oh, yes. spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. I love it. <laughs> You can find also some other some other select um, recordings from Masayoshi Takanaka on Spotify. That's true, but I think that there might only be one full album. Like there's a few sort of singular songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find a lot of his stuff on YouTube. So let's talk about the cover of the record. It is the reason why I bought it. I was so like pleasantly surprised because it is just like there's no other way to describe it but beautiful. Like it is a yeah. gatefold um, and it's got at the the front um, uh, like a lovely kind of painting with like the rainbow on the side and a bunch of like birds sitting in trees with like lovely colourful feathers just looking at the rainbow and lots of other animals down the bottom like in this valley and um, it continues on like to the back like as you open it up. So it's like a full uh, full picture it's stunning it's completely stunning and then on the inside um there are these little um like colorful dudes just looking weird uh in this field of grass and flowers just looking up at the sky with the sun like dappled through clouds and it's just amazing it's a beautiful painting it to me it looks like it's sort of a cross between like a an italian renaissance era style painting with kind of Asian art as well. Like that tree looks really um, like a, you know, in a sort of Chinese watercolour or something and the mountains and stuff and all the, yeah, the birds are like birds of paradise. Yeah, that's true. It looks like a real like Garden of Eden kind of thing. And just to put it in like more perspective, it is based on this this uh, children's book um, called The Rainbow Goblins by um, Uldil... Oh, Fiddlesticks. Ooh, 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 <laughs> Derico. Oh my god. Derico, yeah. I I mean, yeah. Oh, I don't know. There's, anyway. There's gotta be a better way to pronounce that, but uh, that'll yeah. suffice. Yeah. Mm. Um and he was like instrumental in the the artistic direction of the film Never Ending Story. That's right, yeah, yeah. A lot of his art was used as the concept art for that. So mm. he was a painter who did a lot of um like high fantasy, that real 70s high fantasy art style if you can picture that yeah and then inside like there is so inside the sleeve there's this little um like insert insert let's call it an insert um and it's got uh like another like a wonderful kind of painting on the front and like inside this little booklet insert is just like 
a painting for every song or maybe every, a couple of paintings per song. Uh, and they're like... So I'm assuming that, yeah, there's like a frame for every page of yeah, the children's book. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like psychedelic and awesome. And then um, Takanaka's on the back just shredding on his guitar. It, look, it's glorious. Um, do you think that the music is going to live up to the cover art? I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll be honest, like whenever I, I picked up this from the like cheapo bin from the Japanese record store, I was like, this is so beautiful. Like... I bet it doesn't it, even matter if it sounds good. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I kind of like assumed that it would be a bit shit. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's find out, hey. Let's mm. take a little break. And when we come back, we will review The Rainbow Goblins by Masayoshi Takanaka. just heard the song Butterfly by the artist Grimes and in that song Grimes used a sample from a 1981 um, song by Masayoshi Takenaka. Uh, the song was called Penguin Dancer and <laughs> yeah this is another thing about all of his songs they have excellent names really good names I think he has a lot of fun with um, the English language mm. Um, it, Grimes said that she used it because the sample, which is the bit you heard right at the start, sounds like a kid's TV show theme song and she <laughs> wanted Butterfly to be a really all-ages song, like a kid's TV vibe song. Oh, and I think that she achieved that by using that sample. It's yeah. a fun song. So let's get stuck in. Let's have a listen to this album because I am super keen. Yeah, maybe. I So I had an idea, Tess. I thought... Um, so as this record follows the story of the seven go- uh, the rainbow goblins mm-hmm. um, and actually throughout the the stories narrated uh, since we're not listening to the whole thing perhaps o- over the prologue I could read the story oh yes please story yeah. time so this is track one the prologue the prologue a long time ago, there was a hidden valley called the Valley of the Rainbow. No, this is going to be too long, I just realised. It's going to go for <laughs> way too long. <laughs> I'm bored already. <laughs> let's, how about I give it the gist of it? started off so well. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's like... Um, All right, so there, are, there is this like awesome valley that like is full of rainbows and stuff. And then um, these goblins that are called like red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet... Um, yeah, they, that checks out. yeah, um, they love eating rainbows, and but this valley, the Valley of the Rainbows, mm-hmm. are, is the only place in the land that has never had the fear of the goblins. But then, like randomly, these goblins find out about the valley, and they're like, "Call the Valley of Rainbows. Oh, hey. That's where I want to be yeah. and eat all of that delicious rainbow." And so they like set off to go and eat the rainbow mm-hmm. in the Valley of the Rainbows. Mm-hmm. But then. As they're sleeping in a cave and have a dream about the rainbows after plotting about how they're going to eat it while it's juicy, as you do, I guess, um, the, the roots of flowers that were cu- kind of dangling down the roof <laughs> of the cave over here 
their plot, and while they sleep, the flowers told the moon or something <laughs> to, like, stop them, and then, like, magically they are drowned by the rainbow, which is what they were trying to eat. They died doing what they loved most. <laughs> Swimming around in... <laughs> Eating rainbows. <laughs> yeah, and then, okay. and then they're dead and everyone's happy. Wow. Yeah, okay. I um, So I've listened to this album a few times, but I sort of always forget to listen to the narration oh, yeah, part. Sure. <laughs> and so I didn't actually know that full story. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a grim ending. Yeah. Um, but as you can hear from this introduction, which is an extremely cinematic... Um, very complex, orchestral, mm. very layered. Um, do you know if Takanaka composed this bit as well? Um, there was uh, someone else who arranged the strings, okay. um, but he did the rest of the arranging as far as I can yeah, tell. Wow. Which yeah. is like, yeah, seriously impressive when mm. an artist can work in like very different, um, I don't know, like musical mediums, I guess. Yeah, you might totally. Say. Yeah. Well, I finished with it. Let's just skip. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, we're no, about here we to, go. Here yeah, we go. We're hitting the narration. Here's track one, two. A long time ago, there was a hidden valley called the Valley of the Rainbow, where the animals lived in peace. This valley was the only place in the land which had never known the fear of the seven goblins. Each goblin much was named after his own colour. <laughs> Red, orange, yeah, no, yellow, green, <laughs> blue, indigo and violet. So imagine the first time I listened to this, like expecting yeah. the worst. And like after that kind of quite beautiful prologue, I was just like, what? What even is yeah. this like random English dude like telling this stupid yeah. story? <laughs> and then like this like joyful song comes on and I like right now I can't even help but bop along it is so good uh huh it is smooth as hell and like the thing that I love about it is that like there he oh, is there's that guitar there he is yeah <laughs> it's so earwormy uh huh and like every song has these like um Little quotable licks. quotable licks yes like you can sing along yeah, with his totally. guitar playing, yeah, um, and like happily sing along, yeah. And and there's something about it, like this, just gives you a glimpse into the way that he can, without words, he can create this image in your mind. Like, totally. This is like this valley of like frolicking animals who are just doing nothing but you know joyously, <laughs> uh, you know, existing. Without the fear of the goblins. <laughs> I thought it, it um it felt very much like an eighties sitcom intro. Oh, this bit especially, yeah. yes, I agree. And I almost like imagined each rainbow goblin like going about his business and then like <laughs> it would be a freeze frame and then like it would be like like the orange goblin and then it'd be like him fishing, him like playing baseball, him driving a taxi and then, and then his name would come up underneath and yeah, be like orange, orange goblin and then it, it, the camera would roll again and he'd smile and yeah, laugh. Yeah, that's right. And then, like, he'd straight down <laughs> the barrel and just like shrug at the camera. <laughs> oh, oh, 
But listen to this, like the the instrumentation is like so layered. Yes. Um, there's like so there's like obviously the cu- guitar which is like taking the lead, but then there's like this beautiful little like string section, and like the bass. Like if we listen to the bass, like as we go on, like oh, the yeah. bass is always it's funky slapping. as hell. Yeah. yeah. Takanaka's guitar is so, like, recognisable. Once you sort of listen to a bunch of his stuff, yes. it has a very clear voice. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's You can instantly recognise him playing. It's iconic, man. It is. Yeah. I feel and like you, say, you could... Yeah, this bit actually sounds like talking. It does. Like, you could have a conversation with his guitar, I yeah. think. <laughs> And his and his guitar like itself like the physical guitar like he's really into like flashy guitars. Mm. So we were watching the um, oh, yeah. the live uh, show yes. of, of this. Oh, there is a and I'm gonna call it a must see yeah version of this album a, like a live concert. Yeah, I'll link it uh, in our show notes. Ooh, I love a, a harmonic guitar. Oh yeah, me it's too. It's like my favorite yes. thing in the world. Oh wow, big call. <laughs> I'm at that call a lot, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so he uses a lot of novelty guitars in his mm, shows. Yeah, yeah. So you can see, like, in, in this live show that his guitar is, like, iridescent and, and you know, very shiny and fun. Almost and rainbow. As, and rainbow, yeah, yeah. Almost as iridescent and, and shiny as his hair. Yes, which <laughs> in is that show. rainbow glitter stripes on slicked top of, back. like, a slicked back hair. They're also, everyone in the band is wearing... A satin jumpsuit in a different rainbow colour. Oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. And then yeah. later on, they all put on goblin heads. Oh, what a, <laughs> what a delight. Actually, they were like sort of paper mache and they, they <laughs> seem like um, very uh, hard to play in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're but, all... yeah, the fact that they, they do they do play so well with that oh, yeah. thing on their heads. It's a whole other level of oh, genius. Yeah. I feel like we're not being very partial at all. We're just like, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> So the genre that um, that this would be kind of grouped into, there was a whole movement of um, what's called city pop. So it was sort of like like grouped in with the rise of technology and wealth in Tokyo. It was taking um, inspiration from American groups like the Doobie Brothers and mm-hmm. Steely Dan and, um, and and those groups that used quite complex chords and, and took a lot of um, chords from jazz. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and recently it's enjoyed a bit of a resurgence mm-hmm. thanks to a couple of things, thanks to YouTube algorithms. Mm-hmm late night beats to study slash relax to oh, kind of sure. stations where someone's yeah. like basically doing a, a, a radio set or a DJ set where they're putting like live streaming music and and working these songs into it. Mm-hmm. If you want to look up some key city pop artists, um, you can look up the names Haru, Haruomi Hosano and Tatsuro Yamashita. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that pronunciation. Yeah. That pronunciation was Yamashita. <laughs> Sorry, everyone in Japan. <laughs> I'm doing my best. 
<laughs> but it is um so it's aesthetically um linked to things such as Walkmans, cars <laughs> with built-in cassette decks and FM stereos and oh. electronic musical instruments. It's just oh, like a wow. whole big fun aesthetic that's sort of got to do with like an economic um boom and a leisure class mm. that was just really and it's basically the Japanese yacht rock, which is when you oh, think yes, about yeah, yes. like rich people kind yeah. of relaxing and enjoying their smooth grooves. Yeah, totally. That's what Takanaka is generally associated right. with. Right. So um if Takanaka is city pop, then today I learnt that I like city pop. Mm-hmm. Cool. You do. And mm. I can tell everyone out there, you also like it. You yeah. just need to, <laughs> to <laughs> give, listen to give it. A chance. <laughs> There's some really good stuff. Uh, um, so we've we've just listened to the two first tracks mm-hmm. of this album and we had quite a um, a kind of a left turn steer into that from the first to the second track. Mm-hmm. Shall we continue on and see what happens I can't think of any other word except for jarring. I was listening to this for the first time alone in my sort of spooky downstairs office at night by myself. And I was unnerved. Unnerving, that is also a very good word. I just realised too that they're saying goblin. Yeah, they're saying goblin. A Japanese yeah, totally. accent. Yeah. But it sounds like it sort of breaks it down into well. three mm. syllables. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was like gobbity or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Because it's just like it's introducing these characters of the goblins. Like, because before, like the, the previous song was like all about like the lovely valley and the, there's, there's yeah. no fear. We're in a happy land. Yeah. Um, but then this song is all about um, uh, like the goblins themselves and how they they heard about the Rainbow Valley and how they um, they're gather- on their way to fuck some shit up. Pretty much, they gather their <laughs> they gather their tools and set off. Oh, in what tools do they use? Well, here's the thing. So, <laughs> um, I I feel like oh, well, let's listen to the oh yeah. They were always looking for rainbows to So this narrator voice. No, thank you. No, thanks. Their they suck the rainbow colours. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His voice is now happening through like some kind of filter. Yeah, yeah, which makes right. it sound really kind of um, alien and, and weird. Yeah, yeah. And um, the music too has this real kind of sinister edge to it. Completely changed yeah. in tone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah, it's now. Ooh, no, I love that little bass. Like, like, yeah. Oh, oh my so god, good. the <laughs> bass in this is just so so good. It yeah. starts off with like this, just like boom, boom, really really good bass line. And, and so, just, just to credit on. the bass player, mm-hmm. this is Akihiro Tanaka. Yeah, he is an Akihiro. Am I right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. So so the the first song that we like you know that was based on the story is um like evoking this like joyful happy like valley and then this one like the image that i have in my head is the seven goblins except they're all pimps and they're like walking with like this these like jaunty hats and like big like colorful gaudy like coats and they've got like canes and they're just like on their way to the valley just like like whacking all the like little rodents like with their canes and just like <laughs> like spinning them and just like cutting all the trees with them and they're just like um, strutting through like to yeah. the baseline. Yeah, that's the image in my head. I feel like this bit in particular, there's 
for sure some shades of Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah? That sort of syncopated guitar. Yeah. I just, I do love... And there's, what is that instrument? Is that like a saxophone or something? I think it might be a... Um, that's right. It's very cool. Do you want to move on to another yeah, song? Do, yeah, let's okay. do. Um, excited let's move on to soon. began to discuss their plans to snatch the rainbow. We'll eat the colours. Well, I couldn't find anything about still the narrator. His name is but some roots Roy Garner, mm. but he doesn't have a lot of other credits. I couldn't really figure out who he was. Yeah, as far as I could tell, he's just like an English dude who lived in Japan. Yeah, just some guy. Yeah. Mm. So this is so smooth. This bass line mm. is so lovely. Yeah. Like it's not rocking like the last one, but it just really is yeah pleasant yeah and I, and you know what? i feel like every track on this album has a different kind of trick or gimmick oh yeah and he doesn't repeat stuff and it goes through so many different sort of musical styles there's yeah, like yeah. bossa nova on one track and it's so rich with imagery mm. the music yeah how does like it, it do it yeah how does it do it it's it i feel like i'm watching a stage show with a elaborate scenery or yeah like a movie or like it is just so evocative Isn't... of all these different things that could be happening even yeah. if there wasn't a story yeah yeah totally um and i like i do i think that um it lends itself to being on the stage and i think look here's here's my hot take okay. if someone could come up with the lyrics to go along with this music and turn it into like a fully fledged musical Oh please! I better, am better seller so than Hamilton. Here for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people will be like Hamil who? Like yeah. it is all about the Seven Goblins, the, oh, the yeah. Rainbow Goblins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would totally, totally watch that several times. <laughs> several times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd pay like really good money for it, like several times. I would leave the house for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I would put on my very nice jeans. <laughs> jeans. And a nice top. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Takanaka got his, um, you know, uh, I guess we'll call it like his early break. Well, he began his professional career, let's call it that, okay. um, in 1971, playing guitar and bass in the prog rock band called Flyed Egg. <laughs> now, I promise I'm not being racist. It's <laughs> just, it's Flyed Egg. That's actually what they were called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he joined the Sadistic Mika Band. Yes. And um, there yeah. is a, an online a video on YouTube that you can watch, which we'll put in our show notes, so you can link to that, um, of a live performance that they did on a, an English um, live music show that was called The Old Grey Whistle Test. And um, they changed the sign for that specific performance to read... The old Glay whistle test. Oh, God. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. Casual 1970s yeah. vintage racism. But I don't know. Like, I don't. I, them, I mean, I I'm guessing if their band previous to that was called Flight Egg, yeah. they probably would have been in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, just another, you know, entry into the. Wouldn't see that today. Kind yeah, exactly. Of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they would be cancelled immediately. Um, but yeah, he that is an excellent video. Very much worth watching. Oh, 
he even formed his own record label. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in 2000. Called Lagoon Records. Lagoon Records. Mm. Um, and that would probably be a reference to the Lagoon Blue Yamaha SG that he famously uses in his oh. live performances. We touched a bit on his novelty guitars before, and then yeah. I think we got sidetracked. I've also seen a video of him playing a surfboard guitar, which is a full oh, surfboard, like a full-size Wait, surfboard. And then they've built a guitar onto it, and then there's a cutout for his left hand to go in and then he's got his right like strumming hand over the surfboard and the whole surfboard is strapped to him look i'm gonna make a big call here i'm gonna call that unnecessary (laughs) what no no no. (laughs) incorrectly necessary i apologize (laughs) all right let's go to the last song that we're gonna look at Oh, no, we're not going to look at it. We're going to listen to it. I don't have synesthesia. Listen with our eyes because that's what's happening in this record. Um, So we're going for Is It Rainbow Paradise? So this song is, this is the time that the goblins are asleep and they're dreaming of this valley that they're going to get to. So listen to this voice. Yeah. So what are we hearing here? So we are hearing um, Takanaka using a vocoder pedal. Right. And so he's like using his guitar... And singing into the microphone at the same time. And this particular pedal, um, like, synthesizes the two together. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes it sound like his guitar is singing. Yeah. And so we, um, just previous to recording this, did a little bit of research and learned the difference between a talk box and a vocoder. Because I, I just thought everything that sounded like this was a talk box, which is, um, again, an effects pedal, but you put, like, a hose in your mouth. <laughs> and you're, it does look like you're playing, sing, or like you shape your mouth and you're playing through an instrument. So the, the what inst- was the difference? Yeah, yeah. So like the, the instrument is creating the sound output. Yeah. Um, and your, your vocal folds aren't like they're not moving at all. Like they're not creating any voice at all. Right. Whereas the vocoder, like you are creating voice, but then that voice is changed in its pitch by the instrument. Yeah, yeah. And so you can see on that live performance video, you can see him switching between using his guitar for the vocoder and then playing a like a straight guitar mm, riff. Yeah. Either way, it's a great effect. Listen um, to this sax. My goodness. I think it might be a soprano saxophone because it's like so high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a smaller than regular. Like whenever you think of a saxophone, it's like a bit smaller than that. That's what I reckon anyway. I think that sounds about right. It doesn't specifically say what kind of saxophone, which it usually does. But the saxophone is um, credited uh, as by Koji Satsuma. Koji Satsuma. Koji good. (laughs) You're just killing it with these (laughs) Japanese name puns. Um, I also fell in love with watching that um, live video with the keyboard player whose name is Izumi Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. And I went on a bit of a... Um, so she just... Yeah, I love her. She, she, yeah, yeah. She's, she's dancing along with this kind of head sort of side to side ultra cute dance that she does the whole time without missing a beat and she's got this kind of like um stevie wonder braided hair Mm. but with all the rainbow glitter through it like everyone else does anyways i looked her up and i discovered she did some she had a solo career um and she has an album called coconuts high which is also worth checking out also on youtube we'll put all this stuff in the show notes because 
you'll just totally worth you'll go on a wonderful rabbit hole mm. tour of Japanese eighties music. What a delight! I got to ask you a question, Tess. Please. Um, does this, especially with the, so with the vocoder voice and like this kind of like um, style of guitar playing, remind you of Daft Punk? Oh sure. I mean, yeah, they used a lot of that, yeah, robotic voice mm. and particularly um, random access memories, yeah, where like that, yeah. Nile Rogers um, <laughs> was the guitarist, and and yeah, it was very much like a bit disco-y and 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 yeah, sim- very similar style. Yeah, definitely. I reckon Daft Punk for sure would have been aware of this album. Yeah. And ripped it off 100%. <laughs> I don't know if it's a rip off, no, but like so it's, it's in the, it's, you know, they, I think one of those things where they've got a common ancestor. You yeah, know? yeah, I think so <laughs> They've too. got the yeah. same influences. Yeah. Yeah. Di- divergent evolution. I, yeah. Also, uh, just back on that, um, back to the talk box, I do just want to run you through what I found out about the talk box because I thought that maybe. I think what most people think is that it first became famous with Peter Frampton using it in the mm-hmm. 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found out that it was invented um, a, as early as 1939 um, by a guy called Alvino Ray, and he had a singing guitar gimmick, which we watched before this. Um, he did a concert and then someone was off stage with a microphone talking into it, but the voice was looked like it was coming through this, like, horrifying guitar puppet <laughs> but it was it's just i don't know if it's supposed to be cute or funny but it, it just looked really horrifying no, but instead it's nightmare fuel <laughs> isn't it got these flailing arms and rolling eyes and this r- sort of grotesque face mm. and it is yes yeah, speak singing through this guitar voice it's really wild um i will link that and i definitely recommend watching that uh, yeah, as much as I'd like to keep on going with this, I think we probably need to to leave it there um, and have a bit of a break. Let's have a break, yeah. And when we get back, we'll give you our conclusions. Oh, of- I wonder what it's going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the Rainbow Goblins <laughs> by Masayoshi Takanaka. Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard the band Primus, who also did a concept album dedicated to the Rainbow Goblins, the Older Echo children's uh, illustrated book. Um, but theirs was called, their album was called The Devastating Seven. No, Desaturating. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Desaturate, like they're taking the colour out. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. I just totally didn't pay attention <laughs> and wrote the wrong thing. <laughs> um, that was recorded in 2017, so pretty recently. Yeah. And look, I didn't listen to that album. I just listened to that track. And, <laughs> and that was enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I, woof. I'm not not a fan of Primus, but I never really sort of got fully on board with them. Yeah, and if you apart know, from and, like the South Park theme. <laughs> oh, oh, is that them? Yeah, that's them. Yeah, oh. yeah. There you go. I didn't know that. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we thought about this record. Yeah. Um, can, I, can we just keep playing it underneath? Because it's just so good. Oh, yeah. Right, um, can we do the Thunder one? I think this will give our conclusion quite a good flavour. Mm-hmm. All right. So, oh, my God, I love this song. So good. And once again, 
just a style and a, a direction that we haven't heard before. Yeah. I'm going to sum up my opinion and I must start with the um, the fact that the book is just fucking crazy. Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid. It makes no sense. I can't... I don't understand why Takanaka and then later Primus decided to make an entire album out of it. Um, like, except for, like, I guess the, the, the artwork in the book is really quite striking. Yeah. But I think the storyline is dumb. Like, what? <laughs> The goblins, like, they suck the colour out of the rainbow and then they ended up getting drowned by the rainbow. It's... Nah, well, it's was it, and wasn't the conclusion that um, that's the reason that rainbows now never touch the earth because they don't want to get eaten by goblins? Yeah. And so it's a bit of a, like, Sounds how did like the rainbow stretch. be yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it be like that? Why you do? <laughs> Why do things be like that? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> a science book for you. <laughs> you don't think it'd be like that, but it do. <laughs> um, but you know, the 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 story aside, this record is just such a gift to the world. Absolutely. Um, so we've spoken. <laughs> By the way, steel drums just <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah, because why not? Um, so. So many twists and turns in terms of the style of music, but and in the past, like with other albums, I have been critical of like random changes of direction, but not here. Oh no, because mm. we've got the like the the common thread of Takanaka's like incredible and very distinctive style, um, and the fact that it is like a concept album, and you know, as I said before, it is uh, like so like ripe to turn into some sort of, like, stage musical. Um, yeah. And I'm just, Please, like... Please, someone do it. Yeah, Please. someone. Any, anyone. <laughs> um, uh, I think that the way that Takanaga has created this, like, landscape of emotions out of the, the music with no lyrics is something incredible to me and something I've never, like, really come across in the same way. Mm. Um... Because, like, usually it is, like, all of the emotion comes from the lyrics. But I just, I think the songs are so rich, they're engaging, they are, every single one of them is, like, so delightfully layered that if you focus on one particular instrument, you go, oh, man, that is awesome every single time for every instrument, every single song. I especially love the drums. Also, I especially love the bass. Also, I especially love the strings. Also, I especially love the sax. Also, the keys. Yes, I was also going to say that um, all of the songs are my favourite songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, and also a concept album that, like, I don't think you're going to get sick of listening to. Some some concept albums, when you've got little bits of speech or, like, kind of more gimmicky stuff, after a while you're just like, mm, just fast forward through this bit, you know. But I think because it's so varied... Like you don't even have to be in a particular mood to listen to this. Mm. I think if you want something, um, if you're in a good mood, listen to this because it'll make your good mood continue. If you're in yeah. a bad mood, listen to this because then it'll put you in a good mood. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have previously um, have suggested that a record called Rainbow Goblins yeah, right. would accompany your um, like both cocktail hour, Sunday morning drive, <laughs> jog around a sunny park, snuggles with your loved one, <laughs> um, you know, Making like dinner. angry moments of getting your frustration out. Oh my God. But it just has yes. a song for all of these moments. Oh, it's wonderful. um 
I think, and also it's not um, for something that has like a lot of jazz influence and very um, prolific musicianship. It's not like noodling solos and, you know, I think that everything is like every note is written just so. There's a lot of restraint yeah. in the writing. It's very careful, carefully written. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people all know how to play their, mu- their instruments mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so um, excited by it and excited by the world of music that it's just opened up to me. Yeah, and I'll mention here that there's actually a, like a follow-up album because there was a follow-up book called mm-hmm. The White Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and Takanaka released the album in the 90s, I want to say 97. Um I want to say it doesn't make it true. I think it was 97. <laughs> um, and it just is, it's a certain, certainly a more 90s flavor, a bit darker, um, still really awesome. Oh, what a truly great $1 vinyl discovery. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I even have to ask the question, but would this vinyl record make your collection? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, just kidding. Of course, you can't take it from me. <laughs> and and here's the key. How much would you pay for it? I think if anyone listening sees it for like $30, like go for it. Snap it up. Yeah. However, yeah. having said that, uh, like don't get ripped off. Like it's worth $15 on Discogs. Like <laughs> pay, pay what it's worth. But, uh, but search for it, find it, get your hands on it, I think. Certainly more than a dollar. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to us here at one dollar vinyl um same podcast we are every week (laughs) we really hope you enjoyed um the rainbow goblins by masayoshi takanaka um we would love to hear what you think of this fantastic record um please find us on our socials um or you can email us at one dollar vinyl at gmail.com um rate and review review us all that sort of stuff that'd be great thank you please and takanaka-san we salute you this Mm -hmm. is amazing next week we're going to listen to a uk duo called dance like a mother um but until then as the rainbow goblins say Goblin, 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 goblin. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Say no.